Greetings, stowaways. This bonus content contains spoilers up to episode 75. If you don't want to be spoiled, wait until then to listen to it. Enjoy. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireball's Q&A episode. I'm your host and, frankly, producer, Ellie Sparrow, <laughs> and I am joined, as ever, by Sam, Roses, Burns, Robbie, <laughs> also Flowers, Bellicom, and Jason, <laughs> Pooh Phelps, <laughs> because this is what you get when you let me host. Um, so... Happy 75 episodes, everyone. Happy 75 episodes. Yeah. We've just recorded like 82, so that feels a bit weird. But mm. for you all yeah. listening to us, you've just had number 75. Um, so welcome to our celebratory 75 episodes Q&A episode. Woo. That was a lot of episodes in the same sentence. It was. But episodes. hey, um, so we're going to get right to this because... You had a lot of questions, it turns out, and we have a slightly terrifying number of questions to answer. We're going to try and get through all of them, but if we can't, we'll reevaluate. So just, if we can't, please don't be sad, because there are a lot of them. Um, yep. So our first lot of questions are from Dragon Samuel, at Sam Likes Dragons Yay. on Twitter. Um, so they have asked a few things. Um Oh, also, I should say, if we don't answer your question, there are a few that we are very definitely skipping. Um, if we don't answer your question, the answer as to why is spoilers. Yeah, or it was <laughs> um, asked last uh, Q&A. Yeah, and um, we didn't want to just say a really interesting question and then just repeatedly say spoilers, basically, because yeah. we thought that wouldn't be fun to listen to. So if you sent more questions than we ask, the answer is spoilers as to why we haven't answered. Yeah. So please bear with us on that one. We don't want to reveal too much in a Q&A rather than the story. Uh, I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this first one. Uh, how yeah. do you decide who can see spirits in Calcinia? They're a really interesting part of the, the law, and I'm curious if there's a method to it. It's mm. essentially random. Uh, there is a, <laughs> The people of, of Calcinia have <laughs> determined through long observation that it has nothing to do with genetics. It does not follow family lines. Statistically, uh, recent observations in the University of Kion have found that around one in 5,000 people randomly has the ability to see spirits. Oh, wow. That's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. This it, is a very unlikely party. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next I question. Can't see spirits. <laughs> and you are even more unlikely. This is true. Um, the next one is Are you guys okay after that last arc? Meaning the Underdark one, where Celestia got kidnapped. Um, um, I mean, like you said, this is now like episode 82, so now, yes, then no. Oh, straight no, afterwards, no, absolutely no, not. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, although that was a very, very full-on one. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a lot. We also had a lot. lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, how do you guys make notes during a session, both as players and as DM? Badly. As quietly as possible. <laughs> Silently. Badly. <laughs> I, f I have a notepad in front of me, down the right-hand side of which I furiously scribble all the tech breaks that I'm going to have to cut out later in editing. And on the right-hand side, I'd like to imagine that I, you know, laboriously uh, put down into my huge Calcinia binder all of my details. But more often than not, it's just frequent, ah, oh, quick, NPC now. Maybe I'll remember it later. <laughs> I won't. My notes are absolute mm -hmm. bullshit. Uh, the joys of things being recorded is if there's something I really need to remember in between, I can just go back and listen to it. Which is honestly very <laughs> helpful because all of my notes are like, Tavern, don't trust Elf. 30 gold, yeah. green, yes. <laughs> I'm like, what does Kevin. this mean? <laughs> I mean, 
Kevin. You're not, Ke- we haven't even reached Kevin. Oh. No. Also, listen, is it 81 we recorded the other night? Yeah. It's yeah. about for me reading a small sample of my notes and why I should not be allowed to take important <laughs> notes. <laughs> Oh, keeping in keeping them in suspense for six episodes, Robbie. Yeah. Goodness, <laughs> it's not worth the wait. It's not worth <laughs> the wait. Um, uh, I am playing a character with a moderately low, uh, average intelligence. I don't worry too much about forgetting things. Mm. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, what made you decide to start a podcast? Was it easier or harder than you thought? And did you ever think Flintlocks would get as big as it did? Which is Aww. adorable. Aww. <laughs> it's so cute. Aww. I love it. Um, I'll, I, I will take it because I just answered this question on a panel. So the reason we started a podcast is frankly because we're all massive nerds. We all really liked stuff like Critical Role and we're all basically professional improvisers. So we figured we could bring something to the table um, in the world of D&D podcasts. Also, it meant that we would get to play together every week solidly. Like, yeah, that, that, that's kind of the big one for really me. really good. <laughs> so nice, yeah. yeah. How often do you find a group that manages to play every week? So, so Seriously. Harder than you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, was it easier or harder than you thought? What are general thoughts on that? Oh. Easier in some ways, harder in others. Yeah, it depends what you're talking yeah. about. Like, I uh, think it was just a lot more complicated than mm. I uh, first anticipated. More technical hurdles. Not in a bad way, but mm. yeah. I mean, being part of the community has been easier than I thought because everybody's yeah. really super yeah. nice and Very getting people so. enthusiastic yeah. is lovely because nerds are enthusiastic yeah. people, which is really nice. It's yeah. wonderful. So yeah, yes and no is the answer to yes. was it easier or harder than you thought. <laughs> um, so did you ever think Flintlocks would get as big as it did? Not, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I we're still hoped. a small, we're still a small podcast. Yeah, but like, yeah. I did not think we would be at this point. Now. I didn't think we'd be here yeah. now. No, no, I thought we'd yeah. be here three years in. To yeah. be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to Jason, I I had high hopes, but I had no idea. <laughs> I I too had high hopes. I just thought it would take a lot longer to be at this point that we're currently at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much. That's cool. I'm here for it. It's yeah. lovely. Yes, absolutely. Okay, next question, my friends. Um, a more fun question. If you had to choose one Ooh. race for your characters outside of the race they are, what would it be? Bonus, same question for class. Ooh. Oh. Celestia would be a tiefling cleric of Dionysus. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, she'd make a good oh. tiefling. Oh, Scamp would yeah. love to be a cleric. Oh, they'd love to heal they would. <laughs> they'd be so happy I oh, very, would be very fun. nearly um, made Corson a, uh, a gnome <laughs> before that was uh, vetoed for plot reasons yes it yeah. did gnomes were not a playable race <laughs> at the start of this campaign yeah no I I would totally go gnome is another option gnome warlock Scam would make a great gnome warlock <laughs> they would actually wouldn't they because it's got to be something where the power comes without training, so... It does, it's got to be something you kind of get from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, So our next set of questions are from Sarah at spicy underscore burritos on Twitter. We love you, Sarah. Sarah Sarah made our fan server on Discord. If you want to find it, go to our website. It's there. there. Everybody's super nice. You should do it. Um, So, Mm. um, first one. What Hogwarts houses do both sets of player characters belong to? Um, Jason, pick two NPCs for this one. Cool. <laughs> um, oh, it's hard. I think Celestia's a Gryffindor. I just get that feeling. Yeah. Especially with recent yeah. episodes, she feels like a Gryffindor these days. Oksana's a Ravenclaw. I think Corson's Gryffindor. 
Mm. And I, well, Seven is obviously Slytherin. <laughs> Hufflepuff and Slytherin. You decide which way round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't possibly tell. Who could that possibly? Be? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go for non for some. So I'm not going to go for the obvious ones. Like we're, we're not. We have no doubt about where Olga would go. I would put Hufflepuff. Friendship uh, <laughs> is everything. Death Eater. Yes. Um, Molly is uh, Gryffindor without a doubt. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. I so much. I feel like Alton might be a Alton Appleblossom might be a Hufflepuff though. Yeah, oh, that makes so much a sense too. Long-suffering Hufflepuff. A long-suffering Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jason, besides blood sacrifice, how do you prepare to DM for each session? I think the answer to that question <laughs> is included in the question. Uh, however, besides <laughs> blood sacrifice, um, uh, weeks beforehand, I will. Uh, I will in a moment where uh, before preparing desperately at the last minute for another session, hastily scribble a few incoherent lines into a book or into my phone or onto one of my many disparate Google sheets. Uh, then I will forget about it for several weeks until immediately <laughs> before the session in question, whereupon I will desperately cram uh, another about a paragraph of incoherent notes, make some quick references as to what monsters I'm likely to need and then at the last moment wing it based on all the information I've put together. I am forever writing just beyond the horizon. Um, <laughs> you do it beautifully. You do it practical, well. uh, I guess in a more practical answer, broad strokes and then detail as you get closer to the event. I'm sure the fact that you write towards the horizon will be very comforting for a lot of people, yeah. to be honest, because you do it so well. Yeah. Um, another for Jason, yeah. you have a lot of questions because you're the DM, Fair so enough. get excited. Um, Jason, what inspired Calcinia? Uh, besides the real-world analogues that pop up from time to time, are there any other sources that you draw on for inspiration? Um, okay, real-world analogue is a big one. Um, I draw on some literature that I'm fond of, like... Uh, even, uh, like less so some of the swords and, I mean there's there's swords and sorcery type classics um, I draw a, part of me draws a little bit from uh, Joe Abercrombie's uh, I can't remember what the if, if the blade itself is the name of the whole series the books or not um, but there's something about the um, mor grey morality in that that really appeals to me uh, in a setting in multiple viewpoints um, but honestly the whole thing started out with me going you know what would be cool if gnomes lived in the place where dreams happened, and if there were, and if people rode around in the sea or on land on the backs of giant tarasks, and we called them fortress beasts. And then, yeah, sod it. Let's put it. Uh, I'm I'm not in the mood for medieval. Let's put some flintlocks in. And the whole thing became naval when cause uh, when uh, Sam wanted to play a sailor. I love that. <laughs> that's the whole reason for like our whole. Gig. The Kraken wasn't a thing until uh, until Sam came to me and said, like, I want to pl play a sailor whose goal is to kill a Kraken. How about killing the Kraken? <laughs> How about I yeah, make it the, worse? <laughs> the weight of that decision I was not aware of at the time I made I mean, it. You're, you're <laughs> but I'm so glad. You are responsible for, like, our whole marketing shtick. Like, yeah. everything about us is because you played a sailor, which um, is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like a mixture, like in terms of influences, Joe Abercrombie, Terry Pratchett, a whole bunch of classic stuff. Awesome. Okay, our next set of questions are from Flora May. Um, and they are asking um, How did you land upon the idea to bring in a second set of player characters to round out the parties during the split? 
That was the result of a dis- of a quiet discussion uh, between me and Ellie. Uh, he basically but- took me to the side and went, so there's a possibility Celestia might get kidnapped. How would you feel about not playing her for a bit? Are you comfortable with that? Would Should you we like do something play else? Another character. Yeah. <laughs> and I suggested, what about if we had, if everyone had another character, so that people aren't missing out? Yeah. Basically, I was really sad at the thought of just leaving her for a while. Yeah. Um, mm. Like I hated the idea of just leaving her in a hole on, in the ground on her own without me playing. Awful. Her. <laughs> it would be so sad, and I yeah. couldn't deal. Horrible. Um, I'd like to point out to listeners that uh, when I broached this uh, subject, I made it sound as if, like, in eight episodes' time, this might happen. It was the it was immediately before the episode where I kidnapped her. <laughs> he did make it sound <laughs> like it was. You are the worst. Yeah, like it was not going to happen for a while, um, and then. Yeah, the end of the episode where I get kidnapped, we talked about it as a group. Like, so this has happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we brought me in. And then you then furiously we, then we wrote characters in. over yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah we furiously yeah. made characters. And it was the most fun, actually. Ooh. I loved it. Yeah, that was um, great. That kind of goes on to our next question. How do you all feel about your respective new characters? Um, They're that, a that's mess. quite a broad question, actually. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Oksana. I miss her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I just a- talk like her because I miss her <laughs> all the time. Um, no, I have to say, I, I had an awful lot of fun playing Sabnet, and I'm glad that um, hopefully we, uh, we're we not done with him and the other uh, characters entirely. Mm. But, yeah. Mm, I love Xander. It's fun being manipulative. <laughs> and clerics are really fun to play. Yeah, clerics I, I s- are so fun. I, mean, I think a thing for both of us, like, sorry uh, to cut across you, oh, but a thing right. for both of us was um, playing something that was so totally 180 degrees different mm. to our regular characters up to that point. It was really fun. Really, really fun. It's yeah. fun playing a character that's doing good but isn't good. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. It's, it was, yeah. It was an I, interesting thing. I enjoy mm. playing a character who's a bit jaded and got less so. That was fun. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting her to get less jaded. Like, one of the things that I wrote down on floors for her was, you know, jaded and bitter and tired because Mm. of the life that she's led. Um, And the change in her that came was one of the most exciting things. Like, Scamp really just shifted things for Oksana, which was Mm. fascinating. Because, yeah, I did not plan for that. That just happened. Um, That was something I loved. This kind of goes on to the next question, actually. Do you have any specific plot threads with them that you'd like to follow up on? Everything. Every single yeah. thing. <laughs> I mean, I Let's playing burn with... the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all these characters the... have shit to do, don't they, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Sam? I was going to say, playing with the, um, the culture shock of having come from a... Uh, uh, a very, in, uh, in a lot of ways, sexist society towards men... And having that sort of um, uh, that sort of rapid change from coming from that into a society that doesn't so much. Yeah. Because it was one of the things I really enjoyed exploring with that character in general was that particular side of things. Mm, I kind of want like a spin-off with Sabnet where we just see him doing everyday <laughs> things on the surface. <laughs> Sabnet goes for an ice cream. Like, Sabnet I'm, goes I'm to the beach. It, like, I would watch it. I would, like, if that was a small cartoon, I would watch it. I'd be very happy. But yeah, I mean, mm. Oksana's got so much to do. Like, 
she needs to do some amazing army mage stuff and then help causing kill the kraken yeah and these characters yeah. i'm certain will return again in the main story who knows maybe we'll do they'll do their own spin-off on dinosaur island i have no idea what what will happen <laughs> it mm. could be fun yeah um on a somewhat unrelated note, this is the next question. How do you all manage to work around your busy lives and get a game in most weeks? In brackets, I assume it's not every week, but it's regular enough that you haven't run out of buffer at least. Oh, hun, it is oh, every week. It is every week. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It really is. Yeah. Um, as, as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, um, we we do a lot of doubles if we know that we have something coming up where yeah. we're not going to be able to record. Like, we've done a couple this week because Christmas is coming up. Like, yeah. Robbie's away for a couple of weeks in January, so we've been doing extra yeah. ones to kind of cover that time. So the answer is just being, like, really far ahead. And as for scheduling, just, like, regular crying. Um, <laughs> like, mostly, to be yeah. honest. Um, we also record really... We also record late at night. We do. Which does help. Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. start at like you know eight pm, so we do it all after work because yeah. none of us work evenings, so that does help. Yeah, and we can usually find one evening where we're all free. Yeah, it's usually yeah. Mondays, but sometimes it isn't because yes. things. So yeah, but yeah, as for scheduling, just yeah, crying and doing our best. I feel is the best answer we can give to that question. To be <laughs> yeah, honest, I think so. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, covers it. Yeah, the freelance troubles. Okay. So next person's <laughs> enough sound of music. Let's switch to uh, uh, switch to Oscar, not Oscar uh, Gunter. Oh, we in the sex shop music. Yeah, it's the Gunter music. Oh, it's the Gunter's a friendly orc. Hello. Well, we have questions from Robert the GM. Okay. Um, I can't ask the question in that voice. <laughs> but maybe I can answer them in this. Maybe we can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first question. How much did you all know about Calcinia when making characters, i.e. did Robbie know about teleportation being an abnormal ability? I'm just going to say I knew fuck all about Calcinia. I don't know about nothing, the other two. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I gave some I knew some nothing. 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 history. <laughs> no, I knew very little. I think, to be honest, we kind of fleshed out the Underdark a little <laughs> bit as a pair while we were doing Celestia's backstory. Like, yeah. I think you played off that. Obviously, you then took it and ran, but I think, yeah. There's uh, quite a lot there. It's, there's a lot. I'll be honest. There's a whole writing just beyond the uh, uh, horizon. Sometimes um, there are significant decisions that I hadn't realised I'd made until after we'd made them as well. So um, I'm just going to be very honest and say the whole teleportation thing. We I didn't realise that was the thing until I suddenly noticed there's no teleportation anywhere. Let's just say that's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> this world doesn't look like a world with teleportation, so this, therefore it doesn't I'm going to count yeah. seriously. There's so many things have been like, the world does not look like a world that uh, that has teleportation, hidden dimensions, bags of holding, doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, they changed yeah, the world. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, didn't give okay. you much information. Um was there ever a consideration for using a different system for this campaign? <laughs> um, nah. <laughs> not to my knowledge. Not really. Like I, I considered playing with like the open legend system early on, but this was a system we were comfortable with, and yeah, we yeah. all knew yeah. it. And if we wanted to tell a story, it was a nice. It was one. a good one to tell, and yeah, yeah. Like there are many great systems out there, but this is the one oh, we wanted are, to play with. But because we were committing for such a long time, it yeah. was one that we all knew already, yeah. and that was nice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, 
What are the plans for determining the fate slash successes of the siblings? This might be a spoilers question. I don't Ooh. know. Um, <laughs> you assume there are plans. Uh, <laughs> both of you to assume. Both of you to assume that I'm not making this up on the spot. Uh, anything that's not spoilers, I don't know. I only know the spoilers stuff. The rest is just going to depend on what happens. Fair play. Um, mm. Next one is also a question for Jason. Um, Jason, how much world building is done reactively to que- to questions or directions the parties go? For instance, how much did you pre- have prepared about the Underdark before the party went down there? Okay, in, the Underdark is a special exception because I had quite a lot prepared before the, uh, the party went down there, but that's because I'd spent literally months having short conversations with Ellie, like uh, little in-character scenes where we'd fleshed out bits of it. And there were some cool things I decided I really wanted, like worm trains and so on. Um, But again, a certain, it depends. If I know we're going somewhere, then the month immediately beforehand is likely to be a fury of an absolute frenzy of creation, (laughs) uh, where I quickly pen things down and try and do things out. But the fact is we all live really busy lives and I don't have as much time to work on world building as I would like. So sometimes it's furiously designed uh, in advance. Sometimes I do know it well in advance and sometimes I make it up on the spot based on what I think would be true given the other things I know. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's not a question from the stowaway, that's just a general like Um, Jason again. Um, any plans on making a wiki or setting guide for Calcinia? In brackets, I promise I'm not just asking because I want all the answers this person has written. (laughs) I'm uh I'm not necessarily planning on make, putting a wiki together. If someone else wants to do that, uh, of the stuff that's already come out... might actually be a little tiny baby one in the works. A baby one in existence from Stowaways. Uh, from Stowaways. But if someone wants to do that, I like you have my full seal of support. Uh, someday I may release... Uh, we may release a setting guide, but uh, mm. I don't. I can't make solid promises on that. Yeah, we'll have to see yeah, what we'll happens. we'll have to see what happens. But never mm. say never. I'll never say never. Yeah. Um, Players, what came first for you all? Acting or tabletop role-playing games? Or have they always been hand-in-hand? Acting, for me, massively. Acting Acting. first, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Tabletop role-playing. Although... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, strictly speaking, school acting came first. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't want to be an actor until after you role-played, did you? Tiny. What were you saying, Bob? I did, did, like, Lambda exams when I was about five, so... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you know, I... there's still things like playing games in the outside, pretending you're a knight and hitting each other with sticks. That's that's as long as I can remember. Yeah, no saying yeah. I was So it's fantasy games, games since I was Yeah. But yeah. Not tabletop necessarily. Mm. I mean I didn't do tabletop until after I'd been to drama school, so it's definitely acting for me. I mean not after I but like while I was at drama school is when I started, so acting was definitely first. But yeah, everyone except Jason acting was first. <laughs> Jason's been DMing forever. <laughs> uh, so next question. Oh, I wasn't prepared for how cute this was at all. Um, what's it like being one of the best podcasts I've ever freaking listened to with such a generous wealth of beautifully realised and emotional content? Love heart. Aww. It's really awesome. Well, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's lovely I, because yeah. we get comments like that. Um, Absolutely. It's it's lovely. I love I love our community. 
Robert the GM, yeah. we love you. You're so yeah. sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I hadn't caught that on my first read-through of the questions. <laughs> so that was very cute. Thank you. We love you. Okay, I have our next person. Jazzman testifies. Um, I think you can find them on Twitter. Mm. Um, so, how emotional were you all during the ep- end of episode 72? Um, I wish I could give you all hugs. I cried during that scene. Well, you're being adorable, Stowaway. Stop it. Um, I think everyone cried. <laughs> Yeah. In two different characters. <laughs> oh, you cried in both so characters? Weird. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. I've never done that. That's horrible. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Fuck me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Acting? Jesus, you cried mm. in two different characters at the same time. <laughs> I <sighs> cried in the character I never expected to cry in. We all yeah. that. That's the yeah. thing. I think... I mean, o- Oksana didn't cry in that scene because she's in general, but yeah, I cried in Oksana at a different time when I really wasn't expecting to ever as that character. But yes, the answer is, yeah, we were very emotional. We all cried. <laughs> I think everybody at the table cried. Um, next question. Are you going to play actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf again? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Is the answer. I hope so. Yeah. Especially if we keep hearing from you all that you liked it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the answer is yes, but we're not sure when, mm. let's say, because we will yeah. do a Shia LaBeouf special at some point. It's bound to happen. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. We love you. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, these questions are all from Luke Malone. Now, a couple of your questions we have already answered in this Q&A because we were talking about planning and your questions are about how we plan. Um, your last one is uh, I've fallen in love with the characters of Scamp, Celestia, and Corzin, and also the menacing god known as the DM so much. I would very much like to use their personalities in my book. Would that be okay with you? The answer is DM us. DM us on that. Because, like, if they're going to, like, pop up in a bar briefly as, like, a small cameo, like, lovely, well up for little cameos. Um, But if you want to, like, write a book about them, like, they are ours so no yeah. <laughs> yeah. we but, might want to write a book about them yes. yeah. <laughs> but for somewhere in between those two polls, DM us yeah um, to be honest either way DM us because way, DM we'd us. like yeah. to like talk to you about it yeah, or email absolutely. us um, everything's on the website where you can yeah. get in touch with us but to be honest like that is also lovely um, yeah. thank you for loving yeah. the yeah, lovely. that you want to do that it's lovely way. to be yeah. asked yeah no, we really appreciate it nice. and um, yeah thank you for being so enthusiastic it's very sweet mm. um, so our next person is um, Devon um, and uh, we have questions like one for everyone and then one for each of us so for everyone yeah. this one made me laugh when I first read it in coming up with your secondary characters for the Celestia rescue arc what drove you to choose the accents you did <laughs> I could do an Eastern European accent and knew I'd have to do it for a long time so I just picked one that I was comfortable with basically didn't stop me setting an entire <laughs> arc in pseudo France yeah. <laughs> what about you two? I don't you... do I don't do accents at all um, it was a different voice and it just suited the character and ended up being not dissimilar to what Sam chose without really us consulting, which was Yeah, we, we didn't really actually nice. talk about that specifically. But it had a similar really energy. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, I knew that the uh, the default drow accent was basically yeah. Southern Standard English, so I decided to play about with what my normal speaking voice was to, um, uh, to come up with something that was distinct, and I ended up kind of going for something that sounded a bit like young Christopher Lee <laughs> and I ended up with this <laughs> there was also the fact that we I mean as soon as I decided she was a secret tiefling I just I did think about like where have tieflings been in this world and we had talked about there being 
like secret tiefling houses in Midmere, yeah. like in the sort of Little more wildernessy bits. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I thought that she could be from you know a farm in the middle of nowhere in Midmere, basically. And Midmere has always been this voice, so mm. kind of worked. Um, so this yeah. this question is specifically for Sam. Um, okay. Which character do you relate to more, Sabnet or Corzin, and why? <laughs> Ooh, um, well, my knee-jerk answer is Corzin, although I have to say, um, with with both of them, there's aspects that I don't relate to easily, but that's half the fun of playing them for me, mm. is I get to explore that. Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, Robbie, this question is for you. Um, what do you think is the hardest part to remember about Scamp's, par- about Scamp's character, whether that be an item, a personality trait, Jeffrey, etc.? Jeffrey, <laughs> 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 what are you doing here? <laughs> Jeffrey? Um, mage armor. Mage armor! Yeah. yeah. Um, I need to. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's entirely reasonable. I'm. Occasionally, I forget that it's one spell per round. Um, oh. <laughs> so yeah, but cantrips you can quicken. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's things like that, and using too many sorcery points because some you can only use certain ones that double up. And I don't think, of, you know, little bits of tech once in a while. But character-wise, yeah. it's pretty simple because I've done it for so long now. It has been ages, ages. Yeah. Um, the next question is for me, so it feels weird that I'm asking it, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> um, so this is for me. What part of Celestia's character would you say is the furthest from your own personality? Um, again, I laughed when I read this because I know what it is. Um, I've had therapy. <laughs> and I'm like, because I've had so much therapy, I like I have coping mechanisms. <laughs> like I have them um, that aren't, like terrible and self-destructive for me um and also like i'm self-aware because of all the therapy that i've had yeah um me and celestia have a lot of crossover but i would say that is the absolute main difference that all the therapy that i've had um have therapy if you have access to it it's great it means that you don't end up like celestia stardust Um, (laughs) we love her but she's she's not doing that well let's be honest but yeah she does she does not exist in a time period with accessible therapy she just she just needs like a year of good therapy like she really does (laughs) Mm. um but yeah it's nice to have a place to put all the bad coping mechanisms you could have if things were different D and D therapy, same thing. Oh, it's really not. Don't use D and D as therapy. Don't use D as therapy. Use it as a place to express things. Yes. Great. Don't use it as therapy. Yeah. Um, so next one, passing over that, um, is from is for Jason. Um, which recurring NPC do you find yourself having the hardest time jumping into, and in turn, which is the easiest? Easiest is Olga. By far, Olga. <laughs> I hate that. Why? Wow. Why do you like this? This doesn't take any effort at all. <laughs> Um, That's terrifying. That's yeah. the worst. Uh, <laughs> hardest to jump into. Um, some of them are d- difficult because I don't go into them often. Like uh, hope is a bit difficult because I don't spend a lot of time as hope. Yeah. Um, I like if we're going to the Grimanis, I'm more likely to spend time as uh, wisdom or justice. justice. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of regular characters that are hard to jump into uh kind of hard to say um not honestly a lot of them that are t too hard i think it, t it takes me a little bit of effort to get into scrimshaw mm. yeah uh, which is Scrimshaw's odd very far from your because a though. different different hag but like you know hag like entity uh but certainly <laughs> same but 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 different enough in psychology and so on it's a little bit harder to get into it yeah totally yeah. Hmm. right we're gonna move on to our next person who's asked questions so these are all from liz also known as vt sphinx on Ooh. twitter um so um how did you build your original characters? Was it a collaborative process between all of you, just or just individual players and Jason? Uh, just individual players and Jason, and in completely yeah. different ways. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, shall we talk about? Because we did it I think in we literally can, three yeah. different ways. Yeah. Should we? I mean, so I start with you. How I did it, I've kind of always been like this with characters. I love really complicated and intense backstories. Like even when I'm doing a play, I'm like this. Um, so I, I mean, basically there was a one shot that we did, which was run by Sam and also had Robbie in um, and Jason playing mm. Fighty. That was Fighty's first appearance. That was the first time we all played together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like the same day I met you. So it's ridiculous. It was. That, was that is kind of ridiculous, yeah. but also portentous. Yeah, it was Jason's well, it was birthday. The day, it was, yeah. We met the night before, but it was within yeah. the first 24 hours. Yeah. That's super weird. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted a character to play, and like I was coming up with something last minute. I just leafed through the player's handbook and was like, oh, bard, that sounds fun. I can kill people by singing. And then like leafed through to like races, and drow, I thought, was like a hilarious combination with bard because it says that they're like really like super evil and oppressive and like all that stuff. I was like, what if I play like the Billy Elliot of bards? <laughs> <laughs> like, like she's a bard and it's like that that scene in the Monty Python film where he's like son one day all of this will be yours he's like I just want to sing so that's kind of <laughs> I just made myself laugh and made this like very broad stroke Celestia and put her in a one shot and then when we were going to do a campaign I was like that was the most fun I've ever had playing D&D so Celestia is going to be my long term character and then mm. kind of looked at this ridiculous cod piece wearing mess that I've made and just went why how, is she how like do we this make, yeah how did this person <laughs> get to be here why on earth would a person ever be like this and ended up with this complex backstory that you've we now had quite a lot of quite a lot of but so but there's still still a fair bit missing yeah and yeah. I kind of and me and Jason talked about the backstory and collaborated on that <clears> side of things so a lot of it ended up in the world that Jason was making. That's yeah. that was mine anyway. Somebody go next. <laughs> uh, let's go for I think Sam next actually because it's probably the most different from mine. Yeah, Corzin's yeah, yeah Corzin uh, I believe owes a lot of his creation to Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, quite apart from just his um, his subclass, but a lot of his uh, backstory as well. I. Um, I quite relish the idea of having a random element in the uh, in the character creation process and then kind of joining the dots and seeing even if it's possible. So this <laughs> is why, for example, um, I, I rolled for an awful lot of uh, elements of Corson's uh, personality and makeup. It's why he is two foot ten, for example. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, great. That's a nice defining uh, uh, character feature. He's short even for a halfling. For, for those of you who have the um, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, because I've got it open in front of me, page 69 is the Life Events by Age page. We rolled, and you got 
nine life events out of a possible, of a possible ten. ten. And I remember we hit the you have suffered a tragedy number so many times that I said, re-roll that one. That's too many tragedies. It, yeah, it was at least five out of the nine times. Yeah. <laughs> but it did kind of inform um, what came next, which was the, uh, the overarching uh, goal of killing a kraken. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got, you got, you fell in love twice, which is how you ended up with a child. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's very true. Oh. Oh. That's a really cute take on that. And oh, well, you've just melted me and Robbie, so deal with it. My heart hurts. Oh, no. <laughs> That's yeah. so cute. Oh. It's true. <laughs> wow. Okay, Bob's, I guess. Like, how did uh, you do I it? Wanted, I wanted to play a child pretending to be an adult in a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was, as I recall, the, the sum total it. of your plan. Uh, and then I went, oh, backstory. Jason, you have it. I won't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I love that as a thing. Just like, nah, you can have, it's, that's yours. You can have the backstory. <laughs> I asked. Enjoy. <laughs> I asked each of you as a question when we started out what is your reason for going on the road? And you all gave me different ones, and I remember scamps, and it was the saddest one. <laughs> I have no reason to stay. Whoa, yeah. that's so oh. sad. No. That is the saddest. That is true. It's oh. true. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's okay, we've taken you away from the horrible place. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, next question. It's sort of a double question, so... Favourite moment so far and scariest moment so far. Shall we do favourite first? Favourites. Yeah. Oh, God, so hard. We've been doing this for such a long time. Um, Oh, God. Episode 22 in in Alder's Keep, when uh, you turned to Olga and you offered her a bargain. Because I had not expected that. You know what? And we were just flying by the seat of our pants at that point. That it's so funny because one of your scary, one of your favourite moment. I think that's my scariest moment. It's that's <laughs> not the only one. I have two scariest moments. Mm. My scariest moment was that because I did not plan that. I have to say, <laughs> you can hear it in my voice because it's shaking. But like, I did, I didn't plan to do that. I just went, "What can I do?" Little Corzin's gonna die in character, yeah. and just did something. So I was literally, like, flying by the seat of my pants. That was probably one of the scariest. The other scariest one was um, being in front of us, too, and just thinking, like, in and out of character, I'm willing to get killed because I'm not going to back down. Mm. It was the first time that's happened. I really thought I might get her killed because I was like, she's not going to back down and she's not going to bow, so she might just die. (laughs) Uh, That is my scariest moment as a player because it was like, right, well to attack Celestia and she dies and I'm going to just stand here literally just going to stand here Wow! I will not intervene because I cannot because Oof. there are bigger things at play and I hate it I hate it, I hate it, I hate it but I will watch you die horrifying Wow! I guess yeah. let's finish off the scariest moment yeah. then Sam, what was your scariest? <laughs> I think the scariest moment was um, during the uh, the battle with the Ebon Guards in Vondion Falling off the uh, uh, the building into the uh, the crate of apples. Oh, fuck it! I really thought you were dead just then. Like I really. Yeah. Did. Yeah. 
that was like cause instead this is the end mm. <laughs> like, genuinely also like cause instead and celestia is kidnapped yeah like that was what was so scary about it because it was like there's no one around to help it's just camp if cause instead this is horrific <laughs> like, it was so bad <laughs> It's funny, though, talking about this, like, the scariest moments are also often my favourites. Yeah. yeah. Same. These are all these are all favourites as well. Mm. And again, another favourite and scariest is in The Corridor with Leah in episode 36. That is my scariest moment, because I didn't know what would happen. I didn't either. That I, that was one of the times that I've been the most nervous yeah. ever. And what happened was different to what I thought it would be. It's fascinating. Mm. But yeah. Favourite moments. Ooh. Everything Jeffrey does. <laughs> I love Jeffrey so much. Favorite moment. It's so hard. I've I've so many. That's way harder. I lo- the treaty. The whole of the like negotiate they, they do oh. the ratifying that fucking treaty. No, that yeah, that was amazing. Ooh. That's true. Like you couldn't see us over the microphone, but we all actually like held on to each other while Jason was doing the verdict. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I wasn't I even am... there for that, like in character, and that was one of my favorites. I love the fact that that changed the course of things. Mm. Mm. We changed history very much. Yeah, anything where we get to really change the world yeah. is super cool, actually. But also sometimes just little tiny character moments I really love as well. Like one of my favorite moments I wasn't in. <laughs> was like um, Cousin and Clara on the roof at the party. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's one of my favourites. Oh. I have to say, it nearly destroyed me, but it was oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. There are so think, many. I'm really struggling, like genuinely. Yeah, well, uh, for, uh, for me, the uh, ones that um, uh, other than that that came up were um, pretty much the first third of um, episode sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> nice. But also. Um. Well, you know, that's it. Not even once. I was about to say killing Olga. <laughs> Olga being dead. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, oh it was so good. Every yeah, causing en- making that decision. Oh. Jesus. Every single encounter with Olga was scary for me because I never knew she'd make it out alive. Yeah. There was always the possibility she wouldn't. Oh, so much fun. I only ever planned yeah. up to the next encounter. Mm. And did my utmost to figure out a way to escape. I think we're going to continue to waffle yeah. about. Like, sorry, sorry, yeah. yeah. I just, I feel like we all have so many favorite moments that we can't yeah. pin down yeah. one. I yeah. think that's what we've established from this conversation because yeah. all of the scariest ones are also my favorites. Like it's just like, yeah. Um, another one for Jason. Um, Jason, what was your favorite world building element to reveal? Well, oh, favorite world building element to reveal, possibly the Dreamfold. Oh, it was good. It was so good. Because you were the only one who knew what was coming because I discussed it with... I'd mentioned it to you briefly when I was starting... Uh, when I was coming up with the base ideas for Calcinia. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, you just knew, knew that there. it existed. Yeah, I didn't know that in character, though. Uh, that, but... That's a big one, but my absolute favourite? Episode 37. Because I talked about because i started seeding the kraken back in episode six seven and i got yeah. and i and that was when i had the chat with the uh, and it was about the time i put the jewel in the game that i had the chat with you causing and uh, with you sam uh, uh, about what <laughs> yeah. about what causing had seen 
And I love that in episode 17, you mentioned it. You mentioned the waves. You mentioned the, the lightning striking five times. And then I just sat on that for 20 fucking episodes. <laughs> you absolute beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just quietly sat with it. And got to, to, and got to pull the Kraken on you it's when you nuts. were level five. Or whatever it was. <laughs> um, this is actually a double-barreled question. So... Um, she's also asked us, it is still Liz, isn't it? Yes, it is. She's also asked us, um, player characters, what was your favourite backstory element to reveal? Ooh. Um. Which is really hard, actually. It's been a lot. I really enjoyed revealing that it wasn't my real name. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's stupid, but I sat on that forever. Like, for so, so long. And even after I revealed that it wasn't my name, we didn't know what my name was for, mm. like, a really, really long yeah. time. Um, and now we've got to the point where it was normal, but it was huge at one point for there to be yeah. another name and to reveal what that was. Um, mm. But there have been a lot. And revealing that Mum invented the Ebengard, that was fun. Just because yeah. then you get an idea of, like... Obviously, we don't know everything about Celestia's mother yet, so I'm not going to talk about it too much in detail. But I think just, like, throwing in there, oh, well, she invented the Ebengard for a start. I yeah. really enjoyed because I felt like that kind of gave you an idea of how bad it might be. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed throwing that in as a seed and just watching everyone be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, for a start? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything that suggests there's more things that anything that suggests without actually going into properly how bad something is i always really really enjoy like just Mm, little things that suggest a lot anyway yeah somebody else (laughs) well actually on that note um both for uh, as much for how it happened as for what it was the existence of little causing oh yeah that was a lovely episode oh that was a moment (laughs) episode 17 was definitely one of my favorites it was lovely yeah. It was so cute as well. First time I cried in character. Oh. <laughs> um, Bob, it's weird for you, isn't it? Yeah, I, I gave my backstory to Jason, so yep. <laughs> it's I not know like more I've been waiting on any reveals. Uh, really, the fact I was a tiefling right at the beginning of episode one, that was oh. great. It was. That's cool, actually. <laughs> it was really, really fun that you came in with a disguise and almost immediately took it off. Because the disguise great. was the one that was the identity that was made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Um, like, okay. well, this didn't work. Oh well, never mind. Bob's asked if I could. If she could, sorry, Bob's asked if they could start with a um uh, with a hundred gold piece diamond to cast a spell. I said, okay, but there's a price. The price is the person you nicked it from knows you nicked it. Um, well, I'll take that. Okay, we're on to our next person. So these questions are from X Hobbies, um, and she has asked, um, what, are the quali- what are the qualities you like and dislike most about the characters you all play and why? Ooh, difficult. Ooh, yeah. I guess I, I can start, if you like. Yeah. Um, Celestia, I love her ballsiness and her cheek and her charm um, and her sarcasm. I don't like her selfishness necessarily because she's not always selfish don't get me wrong like she does think about other people but when it comes to the effect that not taking care of herself has on other people she doesn't think 
um, and she doesn't think, you know, if if she gets <laughs> addicted to a substance, what effect will that have on the people around me? Um, so mm. there is an element of selfishness to her um, that I think if I met her, I would struggle with. Um, Oksana. Oh, God. There's something hardy about Oksana that I really like. Um, she is rough and, yeah, hardy and unbreakable, and I have a lot of time for that. Um, what do I not like about Oksana? She can be a bit mean sometimes. <laughs> she was very mean to Sabnet before she knew him properly. <laughs> Sam, do you want to go next? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think for, for Corson, the thing that I, I like the most is um, his capability, but also his compassion with it. Um, uh, and possibly the thing that I, uh, I dislike about him is that in the same way as it's his strength, it's also his weakness that he's kind of hyper-focused. Yeah. Uh, and for for Sabnit, I, I like his um, his roguish charm, but also um, I... And this was an interesting thing to play, but I dislike it in, in terms of my own personality, like his just obliviousness <laughs> to a certain number of things that are right in front of him that he's just never had to deal with because he has lived the life he has and was born into the situation he was. Yeah. Mm. Bob's? What about you? Um, I love how much Scamp cares. Yeah. It's, yeah, I love that. They'll never stop caring about everyone they meet. Mm. But it also mm. means that they are scared to hurt people. Even when they need to, things need to be said or need to be done. They hate the idea that anyone could get hurt, and that can be a problem. Like sometimes mm. you have to be cruel to someone and say something that needs saying or do something that needs doing, and then never happy to do that. Oh, um, Xander. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love the practicality of them sometimes mm. it's cold but it's it gets stuff done and it's fun to play and it's interesting but also the fact that they don't care about individuals anymore that's oh you never want to get to that point people always matter yeah and they've stopped they've stopped seeing individuals they see the world needs changing they would be willing to sacrifice anyone to get what needs doing done. Mm. <laughs> yeah, including the people they care about most. And themselves. <laughs> Rough. Um, yeah. The next one is also a deep one, so stay in this moment. Um, <laughs> how do you think they have grown as people over the course of the campaign. I guess these ones will just answer for the core three yeah. rather than mm. Sandra and people because yeah. yeah that there was wasn't much time to grow. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of growth, but um who wants to go first on this one? I think I think mine's simplest, hugely in both cases actually. And because of the uh well chiefly because of the other people around them. Um how do you think mm. he's grown is the question though. Like what do you think's oh. changed? I think well he's certainly got um 
uh, a lot less of a, a death wish and actually realizing that that was a thing that happened that it was a thing that uh, he had was a big character moment for him Ooh. Mm. I guess Bob's um, less afraid so much less afraid of Stopped expecting people to leave as well. Nearly. Getting there. But yeah, yeah, learning to trust that people aren't going to just go away. And that they're not a monster. That was a big one. Finding out not mm. actually a monster. Lovely. Oh, That's changed how they see the world a lot. Mm. Um, I mean, Celestia's changed a lot in multiple ways. Um, I mean, it's the first character where I've had an alignment shift. Like, from what I wrote down on the piece of paper in the first place. Mm. Um, she now cares about people and cares about trying to do good and believes that change can happen, um, which she super didn't at the start of the campaign. I remember that conversation with Jean-Paul Savat back in, like, episode yeah. 18 or something. and then by, you know, episode 60-whatever, she's heading up the revolution. So there was clearly yeah. a shift. Um, and also a lot less cagey and secretive and a lot more trusting of very certain people. She didn't trust anyone and she wasn't going to tell you anything and she didn't believe in friends and that kind of thing. Like she didn't believe that that was important um, and that people could ever be trusted. So, yeah, lots of really big changes there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to move on to the next question. Ooh, very quickly, actually, before that. you do. I just want to know the biggest change that you have that you as a party have engineered in an NPC has to be Clara. Oh. Because I wrote oh, Clara to be a villain so originally. Clara's oh, a wow. no. oh, oh god. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah, I can absolutely have seen how it would have happened. Like she was oh, on that trajectory she was on that trajectory when you started uh, when, when you first oh. get, when she first started journeying with you and Yeah, you changed that. Oof. One of the things oh. I love about this adventure so is how much you guys have changed things. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool, and I love it. Hard so. Uh, nice to know. Having feelings. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm just imagining how it would feel for Scamp if Clara went villain. No! Oh, awful. <sighs> So awful. I, I did imagine that, which is the reason I wrote it that way originally. Yeah, I, I hate you. I that. hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so our next set of questions are from Game Phantom DM. Um, now he actually you sent us a lot of questions, Game Phantom DM, and I'm so sorry because most of them we can't answer because spoilers. So please don't be offended because um, there were there were some really really interesting questions, but I looked through it. Um, with Jason beforehand and there were so many where he was like I can't because there's going to yeah. be reveals so I'm so sorry we're answering a lot less questions than you you gave us I do apologise um, so the first one I think we can answer is um, how do is this word said like Draugir is that Draugir? Uh, Dwergar Draugir in Empire Lop that's why I think mm. that that's yeah. a thing <laughs> They're not in d and I'm sorry. Mm. Um, how do Durgar figure into, figure into the setting, if at all? Are there a Ladrin tied to the Dreamfold? Okay. Uh, this, I feel, could not yes. be spoilery. Yes, so yeah. there are... There are not Dwergar in the traditional 
D&D setting sense. Um, dwarves are creatures of both worlds. They are equally at home on the surface as they are in the Underdark. Uh, the, I'm not rooting out that I might not you know, make use of the Dwergar statistics in a particular clan of dwarves, but the, the dw a lot of what is assumed about races and species I'm not necessarily playing with in the way that you're not likely to find Gith. Um, but the... Oh, that was actually one of his future questions. Uh, well, I'll he said, what that, about uh, GIF? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, GIF, uh, no. Oh, GIF. GIF? Uh, who knows? There, are, there there might be some hopopotamus people somewhere. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's yeah. one of his future questions. Yeah. He said, what about uh, GIF? The, so, yeah. so, so people might so, exist. So, to answer yeah. that as well, yeah, like, a right. lot of the tangential, like, a lot of the fun little races exist somewhere somewhere in calcinia there's a small population of turtles or um fur bogs or whatever uh, but they're not majority uh, they're not majority species there's a there's a, only a couple which are blanked out entirely that uh, like there are no there are no changelings because of the doppelganger problem the world looks does not look how it does if there were doppelgangers um to answer the question about Eladrin, the mortal inhabitants of the dreamfold are gnomes uh they're, they're on Teladrin. They're, they're on the ones that kind of got cut. Maybe there's a species of elf somewhere with cool, like, autumny powers or something, but not part of the main groupings. Fair enough. Um, so, the next question... I mean, he has also asked what about GIF later on, which we've already answered. Yep. The next question is one of my favourites on this survey. How few fucks can Celestia give when Celestia gives no fucks? Pretty fucking few! <laughs> Is the answer. <laughs> Love it. Not a fuck lot. Um, fuck all, if you will. Yeah, fuck all. <laughs> it was a great question. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Um, this, I think you can answer without spoilers. Though planar matters are relatively unknown slash divorce slash different from what many of us are familiar with with the broader D&D legacy, yep. do the Githyanki or the Githzerai hold any place in the future of the setting? Yeah, uh, basically, answer that already because I was shortening both Githyanki and Githzerai to Gith. And, uh, okay. Yeah, no, they, they, they don't. Not as they are. Again, I might use the statistics somewhere, but there's some things that I've just written out. Like, I, I have uh, used the statistics for Driders, but Driders as they are, you know, in, in standard D&D do not exist, cool. even though you've been down to the Underdark, etc. Awesome, and um, I'm so sorry, Game Phantom, but the rest of your questions are so spoilery that we very much cannot answer them, but they yes. were very, very interesting and we did enjoy reading them, so thank you so much for sending them to us, but yeah, I'm sorry that you're not getting all the answers you wanted. Um, so, next person is uh, Taysul, which you, who you can mm. find on Twitter. Um, so, the first one is uh, do bugbears exist in Calcinia? We've yes, met some. Yes, Scamp gave absolutely, them sweetness. Yes, absolutely they do. Uh, bugbear, so the three, as they are poetically referred to in the Regency uh, scripture, the three-in-one people, uh, goblinoids, uh, all exist. Uh, goblins, hobgoblins, and bugbears, they are one species, and goblins are the neotenous form. They can remain as goblins for their entire lifespan, but under the right nutritional uh, and environmental conditions, they can kind of go through uh, sort of like a Pokemon-style evolution and Aww. turn into either hobgoblins or bugbears. That's cool. I just imagine it's like molting. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they kind of pass out for a day and just grow like crazy. Mm, cool. Mm. Um, our cool. next question. 
who has been your favourite minor slash non-recurring NPC? So favourite, like, one-off NPC. I know mine, and it's Letitia. Letitia, don't like a puppet. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her. Oh, she was wow. everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple who haven't appeared much. I guess, like, like they, um, said, they yeah. said minor or yeah, non-recurring, so, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so we can't include, for instance, Crosswater Sentinel Boy. <laughs> oh, I did yeah. love him though. We keep finding ways to bring back all my favourites. We like them too. <laughs> yeah, anyone much. we, we like, just go we back. Keep. Like, yes. <laughs> you oh. can stay. <laughs> Peter on the Hesperidia. Oh, yep. Peter the oh. coffee NPC yep. is high quality NPC <laughs> yeah. content. He's still on that. He's definitely the big bad. He is. <laughs> um, I hate him. Kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. Kind of partial to Jimothy Chanter. Jimothy Chanter yeah. was great. Yeah. Oh, Jimothy Buchanan Jimothy. actually is uh, up yeah. there. Yeah. Because he only recurred a bit, but I really, really liked him. Yeah. yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Are we done with that one? I think we're done with that one. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what has given you the greatest satisfaction since you started releasing the podcast? God, that's a hard question. The community. I see the community that's the community. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, it's not a hard oh, question. God. We've all said the same thing. Yeah. The community. Like, yeah. you lot, honestly. Um, yeah, people... By far. People yeah. having enthusiasm and talking about it and people being friends because of this. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of cool shit, but I think the community is the top thing. And yeah, I love yeah, that we huge. all immediately said that as well. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, this is an adorable question, the next one. What is your favourite sweet, and what would your characters be? Ooh. My favourite sweet's actually really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love sweets. Ooh. I don't know. Mm. Flying because saucers I... are pretty high up. What was that? Flying saucers. Flying no, saucers flying are good. Saucers. Hmm. Especially dipping them in tea. Oh, um, licorice flyers are my favourite sweets. The ones that have the, like, flavoured sugar going all the way through them. They're really, really good. Uh, oh, there's there's these veggie sweets in my local sweet shop that are uh, shaped like mermaids and they're bubblegum flavour, and they're amazing. Mm. <laughs> and Scamp would totally love them. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's Scamp's favourite sweet? Oh. Chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> fair. At the moment, it's chocolate. Aww. They'll get sick of it eventually and go looking for more sweets. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say. I think, yeah. Sam? I think mine's... Uh, out of character, mine's definitely Toffee, but also... Um, I I think, actually, um, Corson would be fairly uh, partial to that as well. Sabnitz is revealed in a an episode that has not yet aired. Ah, fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't tell them what that is. They yeah. can listen. Yeah. I think Celestia's favourites. I've always thought she'd love dark chocolate gingers. Mm. You know that like crystallised ginger covered in dark chocolate yeah. that you get. I just thought. Mm, yeah. I just think she'd love it. I think she's a girl for like deep, dark, spicy sort of flavours. Okay. Or cherry um, liqueurs because they've got booze in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Olga apple sours. Why? S- yeah. Uh, s- Grimshaw licorice. I hate licorice, but I imagine oh, I love it. she'd I love like licorice. it. Mm. Clara, I want to say like 
Like, you know those little, um... Oh, I don't know the terms. They're like the the, the, cof- the, the little toffees that are covered in chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know the ones. Yeah. Um, for me, I... Uh, I like Indian sweets, just uh, like the, all, Indian the, the whole kind of general so thing. Good. Like I like grilled Germans, but I oh really... my god, we still have some Indian sweets in the yes, fridge. Everything's do. great. Uh, yes, I, we had, <laughs> I had some chom chom the other day, the other night. That was lovely. Uh, which is not a type of banana, but is actually yeah. an Indian sweet. Pista barfi is the best though. Mm. Pistachio mm. barfi is good. <laughs> oh, maybe I have to reassign my favourite to pistachio barfi because it's amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, Indian sweets are incredible. Indian yeah. sweets are the best. Yes, they are. We we made Sam lose his Indian sweet virginity a while back. It was fun. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> very true. Indian yes, sweet. and it was yeah. delightful. <laughs> when you hang around for me for long enough, you get Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always delicious. So I'm yes. I'm here for it. It's not a bad side effect of being <laughs> <Yes>. my friend. <laughs> Quite so. So, so. Um, the next. Are we ready for the next yeah. question? Next yeah. question. Um, with a shocked face, are vampires really real? <gasps> with that face, I think that question's been answered. Is, is this in world or, or like in world or like in our world? Or like just now or in Calcinia? Because in Calcinia, um, like, that has been answered. That, that one has been answered in our world. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Don't, he don't, stared don't at the microphone when I said that. It was terrifying. Um, Jason, this next question is entirely your fault, yes. I'm going to say. Will a fistful of cocks be released, and what is the context behind it? You have made your bed, you can lie in it. Sorry. I don't know when I you mentioned this now. on air. I do air, not know but... when I mentioned that. Um, so A Fistful of Cocks is the uh, collated, is my collated songbook of, uh, songs, of dirty songs uh, that I wrote for uh, Empire Larp. Um, it has been released at Empire LARP, and if you're a LARPer that goes there, you can get it for me. Uh, for, for, uh, you can get it from my character. Uh, I, I, do, I doubt that it will see a release uh, in our world uh, or in Calcidium. Um, but, you know, at some point, I'm sure we'll do something with the songs that we have written. <laughs> I mean, you've already had a crossover song from that. Uh, the yeah. Milkmaid song. True, Milkmaid was song was originally. Um, that was originally a LARP, a LARP song. song. So no, you've I had. Wrote, yeah. You've had a single cock from the Fistful of yes, Cocks. Yes, from the Fistful of Cocks. Um, I, think, I think on that note, we should move on to the next set yes. of questions. Um, so, oh, no, that's a, okay. Sorry, there's a, a duplicate of those questions. Uh, so, the next one is from Mara. And they have said, uh, first off, for Jason, although anyone else can answer as well, um, if you world build. Oh, I think we've had this. How do yeah. you do all of your world building, especially the history? I think we've said this. Uh, we? Yeah, I mean, just to quickly cover the history specifically, I keep a master timeline called The Truth, uh, where I just oh. write down a quick note, I should, no, don't show it to anyone, of what has actually happened on one side and then what people think has happened on the other side, and that's really important to have. That's really cool, and I love that oh, as well. Yeah. Doing that's it. awful. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. I want to see, that. I want to look at them both and compare. Uh, oh, when we yeah. stop playing Calcinium, or sometime yeah. after campaign four, I will show that to you. <laughs> that is I think we will have gone will through all of that. the secrets by that point. Yeah. Um, also for Jason, how much time has gone into making the ship battles accurate? More than more than I wish I'd spent. <laughs> um, Lots. They're, they're, they're like, uh, okay, here's the thing. 
absolute correct accuracy would require us to play this on a grid map which i don't want to do because it's the because of the type we do like i will i will keep a small note in front of me of where of position things but we're doing it for an auditory for an audio medium i have made the ship statistics as accurate as i can get away with while still with a mind to the mechanics of the game uh, and to keeping things fun there is a certain amount of stuff that i abstract like when we get into huge battles and so on Things that the that that your ship is not directly engaging are likely to get abstracted, uh, just because the focus of Dungeons and Dragons is very much on the achievements of individual heroics. Mm. No, fair. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm. Um, for everyone, why a Napoleonic slash pirate D and D campaign? Why not a typical medieval campaign or any other style? I think we've half covered this, and that's it's definitely a question fun. for Jason more than any of us. I feel so. I. <laughs> I mean, pirate, as we've said, pirate sound played is sailor. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> but the pirate thing is because you chose yeah. to play a sailor. Um, I actually gave Sam, I think I mentioned it before in a previous Q&A, but I gave you a choice of whaling ship, <laughs> merchant ship, or privateer, and you selected privateer. Um, yep. The... <laughs> Uh, I think, God, the whaling ship would have been a miserable <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. All up in frozen mead mirror. Uh, yeah, no. Um, why flintlocks? I mean, why not medieval? Here's the thing. I don't I don't agree with the statement that medieval sword and sorcery is done. I don't like the idea of something is like, it's been done or it's done. You can always do a genre and do it well as long as you tell your story faithfully. I mean, everything's yeah. been done. Everything's been done. It doesn't done. mean you shouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, it shouldn't mean you should do it. But I do like non-medieval settings, and I particularly liked the idea of taking D&D and just going forward 700 years and yeah. seeing what happens if you take a D&D setting and, you know, advance socially, polit uh, politically, and technologically a little bit more. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. finally, when this campaign ends, is there a plan for a further campaign, or is this one and done? I, I have rolled we, my character. We have we have frequently mentioned campaigns. I can't believe you've actually rolled your character, Rob. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to play it for a year. I've designed no. mine loosely. I know what yeah. I'm doing in campaign two. Yeah. Um, if there is cause for it, I have rough arcs all the way to campaign three. I have an idea for what could happen in campaign four, and camp which it would be like the 1960s or something and the idea and i'm deeply amused by the idea of doing a 20 minutes in the future campaign five at some point i love that i'm so up for yeah, all of yeah. it let's do five campaigns Me too. yes but that, yep. like yeah that's six that's, seasons and a movie <laughs> six seasons and a movie is what we need yeah. yes but that is yeah. literally like eight years in the future yeah but, so the answer to is this one undone? No, no, definitely not. No. <laughs> as long as we can keep doing this and enjoying it, we will. So, yeah. Um, this quest, these questions are from D and D geologist or Ammon, whichever you prefer to call him. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's very nice. Um, he's also part of the Tales of Swordfall podcast, who are Woo! lovely, and you should check them out. They're all very, very nice people, uh, and also a great campaign. Um, so. For the players, has the campaign taken any big turns that you didn't expect? <laughs> so many. Oh my god, I've got whiplash. It's like being on a fucking go-kart and the course just isn't what you expected it to be. I don't know why it's a go-kart. <laughs> I honestly can't even summarise how many times that's happened. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. Mm -hmm. Like, the thousands of times, just the twists have been yeah. crazy. Like, even within the first episode, things did not go the way I was expecting them to. Yeah, same. <laughs> actually 
And since then, there've just been so so many curveballs. Yeah. You know, even just down to like, I mean, world stuff, but also like individual stuff. Like down to like, you've been looking for this girl for like thirty six episodes. She's fucking married. Wow. Great. <laughs> like, right. Okay. I thought she'd break up with me. I didn't think she'd be married. <laughs> I ended the first episode with a noose around my neck held by someone I thought I'd killed. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. No, that was that was a twist for you, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Quite. Oh, you found a musical town. Yeah. You did oh, find a musical town. Hell, Jimacy, yeah. Oh, and just so much like actual big world stuff as well. Like there's been yeah. there's yeah. there've been so many The answer is yes, the campaign has yes. taken turns we didn't expect. <laughs> um for the DM. Have the players done anything you didn't expect? <laughs> like most episodes, Every yeah. Day, most episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there have se- like I mentioned Clara before and turning her. That was a thing I didn't expect. I didn't expect the deal with Olga. Um, there are some things. Where- Sometimes I don't expect the party to be as sane and reasonable as they are. Sometimes <laughs> they're like like the party is some really good genre savvy going at times. Mm-hmm. But sometimes mm. I'll catch you unawares, uh, or you, or you will not yep. think of a thing I expect you to. But that's like standard DMing. That was that's that's very normal. Yeah. But you guys have yeah, you've taken things in interesting places and done interesting things, and I enjoy being along for that ride. Fun. I say being along for that ride. It's more like being at the steering wheel and having you just like every now and again <laughs> and pulling it to the side. Having like three horrible children in the car. <laughs> You just do weird yeah. stuff and you have to try and keep the fucking car going. <laughs> Apt comparison. Yeah. So next question. Um, there are a couple um, from the same people as earlier because they got a little bit separated out. Um, mm. So this is another from Devon. One final one from Devon. So he's asked um, everyone, what was your favourite bonus content that you've recorded and why? Ooh. Either the Magic Arrow or Rattling Bog. Magic Arrow is a yeah. <laughs> experience. It was an experience. It was fun though. That's my favorite one to listen to, and I can say it's always the one I recommend to people because I had nothing to do with it, yeah. and so it doesn't feel like I'm just bigging myself up. Oh no! Break the wheel. Break the wheel is my favorite. That song, yeah. um, frankly, it means a lot with real life backstory things. Mm. Um, without getting too heavy, and it. Jason came to me like, I've written this really badass song about childhood trauma. I was like, oh fucking perfect let's do it um, so that was that probably takes the prize for me actually Jason mm. what about you both hold the lights Jeez. oh what were, you, what were you saying Bobs both hold the lights oh yeah Especially yeah. The, yeah both yeah, of those have been released the, 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 yeah <sighs> they were so good as well I loved them you write good songs Jason thank you, you. Really I have no trace it's true good songwriting um uh Silk and Sail, because I wrote that in a frenzy in 10 minutes <laughs> before the rest of you were coming in, and I needed to record something for, I think, like, the day after. That's perfect. <laughs> sometimes bonus content is solidly propped up ahead of time with a reasonable buffer, and sometimes... Garvison, your worries, Garvison, your cares. Sabathy, what about you? Okay, um... I think actually the 
the Halloween special that I DM'd was a lot of fun to do. Just getting to play around in this world, albeit hundreds of years previously, and hopefully not completely and utterly screw up all of your deep lore. Yeah. But yeah, it was a nice, very light-hearted, very um, silly uh, game of D&D, and I really enjoyed it. Always oh, nice My Little Pony silly. was fun. My Little Pony oh. was fantastic. I wasn't like was counting fun. the one-shots in my bonus content yeah. stuff, but My Little Pony was everything yeah. as well. It was wonderful. Christmas LaBeouf was fun oh. too. LaBeouf <laughs> 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 so was like terrifying for me, but also fun. It was the oh. second time I'd ever DM'd anything. It was like, I'm going to do something where I improvise every single thing, and that will be completely fine. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> so well though. <laughs> oh. The only thing I decided that w- was that it was a shopping centre at Christmas because I found that funny, yeah. and that there would be zombies. Yeah. That is I decided the exact level else. of preparation you should do for actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I mean, it says yeah. in the brief, don't prepare, so yeah. I just didn't. <laughs> it was fun though. Um, again, these questions have got a little bit split up, so there are another couple from Sarah. Um, who we mentioned before. Um, <laughs> I love this one. During a zombie apocalypse, what would your weapon of choice and or survival strategy be? <laughs> um, find Robbie and be with them. <laughs> Robbie is my weapon of choice and survival strategy in a zombie apocalypse. Pose as a god, start a cult, use my followers to achieve my ends. <laughs> there was a storage unit near where we used to live. That was had high walls but open tops to all the units, like indoors. And it was also next to a big supermarket and an IKEA. I think you could build a city in that storage centre. We always said we'd go to IKEA in a zombie apocalypse, (laughs) and I stand by that. Um, what would my actual weapon of choice that is not Robbie be? I don't know. I just I always what genuinely you have been my zombie apocalypse plan for ages because I just Mm. think you'd be so good in one. I think you'd be like really sensible in one and I think I'd go feral and weird and kill things so I think we'd be a great team you should come ages. join the cult I need a berserker and I need someone to deal with uh, the practical things Sam what are you doing yeah. in the zombie apocalypse <laughs> I think probably sniper rifle for weapon um, uh, and oh, you can both shoot bows you'd be great yeah nice I mean I, I would definitely have the bow with me that's uh, certainly a good backup but also um a sailboat or some form of vehicle that didn't require petrol because that's going to run out quickly. Very mm. true. Yeah. Mm, petrol would be a huge problem. <laughs> I mean there's a sailing club near me but that's not going to be much use because it's a lake. Mm. I mean, if, you could get, <laughs> if you could get one run out of your car you could join all of us in IKEA and we could keep yeah. we could yeah. get yeah. a generator. Yeah. Get, take all the tech equipment and keep recording flintlocks while there's zombies going yeah. outside. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's perfect. Oh, um, dice would be so important in the zombie apocalypse because you're gonna need something uh, to keep you sane. My dice bag would absolutely be coming with me uh, to be a thing packed for a zombie apocalypse because you can do oh, yeah. any game ever with a bag of dice. And if it's heavy enough, you yeah. can also hit people with it. Yes, yes, That's you can. Very I true. mean, you could probably yeah, hit someone with my dice days. bag. You could definitely kill someone with Robbie's yeah. when it's full. Hmm. Yours is nearly as big these days. Mine is. I don't know why I'm like talking like this. Mine is pretty massive these days. I think you could murder someone with it. <laughs> yeah. The next question I think we've already answered, which is what aspect of the podcast are you most proud of? Yep. The community. The community. We've already community. said this. Um, mm. This is yeah. also you a great guys. question, just for us. This isn't a D&D question. Which fictional universe would you want to go on holiday to, and what would you do there? Oh. Hard. I've been watching That's a really lot difficult. of Steven Universe lately, and I really want to go... I, I really enjoy visiting <gasps> Beach City. I would love to go to Beach City and, and meet Garnet and Pearl 
Mm. And everyone, yes. Mostly Garnet, to be honest. I just want to be friends with Garnet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to join you in the Steven Universe Beach City, and I'm going to be friends with Garnet, and it's going to be great. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Uh, what about you two? No idea. I'm looking at all my books on the wall, going, one of them must. That's, yeah, that's a really, really uh, tricky one. You uh, see, a lot of good fantasy stuff, universe. They're not good. You don't yeah, want to be lot, there. Yeah, a lot of the books that I like, like they have really scary universes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know I I don't want to live in those. Yeah, I'm like, I I have a lot of worlds that I really like, but very few that I would go on holiday to. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why the Steven Universe one has stood out because that's just oh, a nice town Hilda. where weird stuff happens. Oh, Hilda. Oh, Hilda, oh. yes. That'd be a good, yes. set, good place to go for a holiday. You could meet some wafts. It'd yeah. be lovely. I love the wafts. Spot, <laughs> spot a deer fox. Yes. Oh, oh perfect. I Try like not that to get one. Knitten, knittens. Yes. <laughs> Sam, what about slight you? Cheat of a qu- yeah, I was going to say, this is a slight cheat of that question, but I was going to say Doctor Who, because literally with a TARDIS you can go anywhere. <laughs> I like that yeah, answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> Um, so next lot of questions we're getting near the end now Um, so this is from Cornish Philosopher hello Cornish Philosopher Um, what oh I think we've we've answered this one what are the most surprising changes in your characters we have already covered I believe Um, what are your favourite spills ooh Ooh. Um, it just says what are your favourite spells um I mean, I guess I'm going to do four Celestia because mm. I think that's more fun mm. than just general favourite spells. I mean, Vicious Mockery, mm. I really fucking love. I don't use it enough. Tasha's Hideous Laughter, I also love and refuse to give up despite how, how little I use it because I just think it's the stupidest thing. But the finger puppets, they're amazing. I just love them. <laughs> I just love them so much. Um, that's specifically for Celestia, though. The way I do that as Celestia, mm. I like. Yeah. I love Minor Illusion. Minor yeah. Illusion is so fun and flexible. <laughs> I love you guys trying to get over the um, fact that you can't animate the image by having two of you do a stop motion uh, spectre in one of the early episodes. Yeah, it that was, was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, animate Objects is great. Animate Objects is so good. good. It's so, right now, big fan of that. Also, big fan of Raised Dead right now. Um, yeah. Oh, same. I love yeah. Raised Dead. Um, in Calcinia Dream as well. But specifically mm. in Calcinia, not necessarily mm. anywhere else. As a player, just command is so useful. Oh, that is also so one of my good. least favorite spells. I know it is. My I know two least favorite spells it. are Phantasmal Force and Command. Yeah. <laughs> command I is the. Phantasmal Force in so long. I might actually drop it at some point. Command is the reason that sensible DMs make sure that you're that if there is a, that you don't pit your players against a single enemy. Have some minions. That way, that you, you don't just lose an entire round, or give them legendary resistances. Sam, what's your favourite spell? Mean, okay, of uh, Causins currently, I think uh, partially just because of how it uh, ended up being used in the first battle, it was used lightning shot. It's mm. actually a reflavoring of lightning arrow from the uh, from the base game, but it's a lovely yeah. spell. It's mm. a very cinematic spell. I feel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. And everyone loves a fireball. Everyone loves oh, a yeah. fireball. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think narrowly vicious mockery takes it for me. I just, I just wish mm. I could do it. <laughs> to be honest, it yeah. just makes my life yeah. so easy. <laughs> um, 
So we've had what's your favourite sort of minor or non-recurring NPC. This is more general. Mm -hmm. Who's your favourite NPC? Wisdom. Ooh. Leah. Wisdom. She makes me cry. (laughs) Oh, we've both picked our, like, nearly girlfriends. (laughs) Olga. Olga. (laughs) Of course it is. Sam, what about you? I think... Oh... Yeah, it's Molly. It's oh, the, uh, oh, so if you don't adorable. pick Molly, she's going to have Everyone words. picks their girlfriend. If you don't pick Molly, she'll punch you. No! She'll come out into the no, real Jason. world. No, <laughs> Jason! It's not only just for how she <laughs> is, but for, what, but like for what she means to Corzin. Yeah. yeah, that is... That is. <laughs> Olga's not your girlfriend, Jason. I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah. So our mm. last two questions are from... Um, Rebecca slash Rob Grimaldi um, and their questions are I mean will we ever see a Dragonborn character? I think uh, we have ages in episode ago. One. in the second episode no, yeah, episode two epi- yeah. yeah episode no episode one because we went to um, yeah uh, you went house. to uh, Saito oh, so before yeah. yes, I, um, I stand corrected uh, so yeah Yes, we have already. Yes. We haven't uh, seen many. There, but, yeah. there aren't many because the places you've been travelling, just there aren't a lot of them dragonborn and mostly on the Dragon Coast uh, because they tend to be around the Draconic Empire and the island and the archipelago they're in, that along with kobolds. But yeah, if you jumped in later than episode one, though, you might yeah. not have seen a dragonborn, so that would make sense. Um, mm. The last one is, uh, do halflings have the same sub-races in your universe and how do they get on? Um... I mean, they do, but uh, clan clan allegiance, familiar and familial feuds, uh, somewhat overwhelm like sub race elements for, for halflings. Uh, mm. Whether you're, you know, like ghost wise or longfoot or whatever it is, or stones, I can't remember the names of the halflings sub races off the top of my head. Is less important. Stout lightfoot. Yeah. Stout lightfoot, ghost wise, yeah, is less important than. Oh, so you're the granddaughter of that bastard? What Nick? My uh, my great grand aunt's uh, uh, grand aunt's hammer, are you? Grand great grand aunt. That was like that was a lot as a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on, like two grands ago. And on that bombshell, <laughs> shall end the questionnaire, or also known as a question Q and A. Fuck right. <laughs> I did not go well. Um, Stowaways, thank you so much for all of your questions. We got so many this time and you mm. were so enthusiastic. We really appreciate it. I'm sure we will be doing this again. So if it kind of passed you by on the social meds or anything like that and you didn't see a place to submit your questions, please don't worry. I'm sure it will happen again in a few months. And um, thank you for being on board with us for 75 yeah, episodes. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. We love you all very much. Um, we love you. Fair questions and also natural questions. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, because well we said. because we didn't give a space for it at the start. Well, you, you can now have the the outro song. And it's questions answers Q and A Q and A episode Q and A. We'll answer questions, questions all the day. Yeah. It's Q and A episode Q and A Q and A questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs>